the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP. Russell brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Russell brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prices. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course... Make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, April 12th, currently 12-11 on the East Coast, here to break down some player props for the play-in tournament games here in the NBA on Tuesday evening, as well as get into some other stuff happening around the NBA. We'll also talk about the games briefly out also. And joining me to break down the player props on this episode, my man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this Tuesday afternoon, my man? I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, unlike you, I, I have one of my teams playing today. So... Yeah. I, you know, I got to sweat it out. I got to see what happens, but Jared Allen's not playing. So I guess that's definitely a positive because the Nets are going to need to get easy baskets in the paint. And of course, if Allen was there, that'd be a lot fewer and further between. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous. I mean, there's really not much else to say. I know everyone in the media is penciling in Brooklyn against Boston and how they're going to match up. Can we beat Cleveland first? Are we sure we're playing Boston? You know, because you kind (laughs) of need to win the game in order to actually get into the actual bracket. And if they lose, then they'll end up playing Miami if they win the eight, the eight, uh, you know, if they win either the seven, nine or the seven, 10 matchup. So we'll see they're favored by nine and a half. They should be favored. It seems a little bit much. I don't know if nine and a half is a worthy spread or not because Cleveland is still a very solid team. And they did make the last meeting relatively close, which was earlier this past week. Yeah. But the Nets, I think, should get the job done. Do you want to lay nine half points with a Nets team that can't cover the spread at home? Of course not. Right. And do you? I don't. <sighs> the thing that's kind of like tripping me up, and we, we talked it's about this. the experience this. angle, where you're afraid Cleveland might not be ready for the moment. Yeah. You're expecting Durant to go for 45. Yeah. And I mean, that's I, kind of what you're looking at. And I just also kind of feel like... <clears throat> that the public or people know how bad Brooklyn has been at home all season. They've been the worst team against the spread at home. And I think that, you know, even I think the public is catching on to that as well. I'm surprised to see this line move up to nine and a half this morning um, after being at eight and a half. You're not surprised. No, I think that money should have come in on Cleveland, but I think the idea is once again, based on, the general media. And if you want to talk about the public potentially moving along by betting on a lot on Brooklyn, mm-hmm. a lot of it is going to be based on reputation saying there's no way that KD and Kyrie 
are going to lose in the playoffs at home to a Cleveland team that's pretty inexperienced. Now, losing and not covering are two different things. Right. Do I think that the Nets are going to win by double digits tonight? I don't feel great about it. There is a chance they come out, they lay it on them, and KD potentially goes for 35, and we'll see what happens there. But mm-hmm. I really think that Cleveland is going to give the Nets a difficult time because of defense and the fact that the Nets don't really play any. Right. And I watched the Nets, who hilariously were laying about 16 half points against Indiana in the yeah. season finale. <laughs> and Indiana's awful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're bad. The last couple of weeks, they might be the worst defense in NBA history. Mm-hmm. It was that bad. It was. And yet the Nets still couldn't win the game by double digits. They didn't exactly look great. They were up a lot, and then they kind of coasted in the entire fourth quarter, third quarter, and yeah. Indiana came back into the game. But that Indiana team is awful. We mm-hmm. saw Houston cover against them uh, about a week or two ago. I know we both like Houston in that one. Yeah. And I know you can argue the Nets might ramp it up just intensity-wise mm-hmm. because of playoff basketball. I still think the Cavs are being disrespected here. Now, I know this is a prop show, and I'm not going to say immediately that, you know, I think the Cavs are a lock to cover, but I don't really like laying nine and a half with a team that's been really awful at blowing teams out of the water when they should. Yeah, and I think the conversation has really been, okay, is this now the time for the Nets to kind of just flip the switch? And are they going to be able to flip the switch? But, you know, we talk about it in all different types of sports that defenses – travel whether it's good or bad and and you know brooklyn hasn't been the greatest defensive team all season i I think as of recent they've been okay but they just haven't it's really that second half that third quarter where they kind of have these scoring droughts or led teams back in because first half they've been absolutely phenomenal i mean Kyrie just comes out and plays well kevin durant comes out and plays well um you know, my I know experience you did. Nash is a brutal third quarter coach. Yeah. And I think that what's happening is that the adjustments at second half aren't being made uh, by Steve Nash or by this coaching staff. But I know you said this is a prop betting show, but I know all of our listeners know that you are the resident Nets fan. So we are going to talk about this game and get your take on it. Outside of, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who is that third guy you think that kind of needs to step up? In my eyes, I think it's Probably the obvious answer is Bruce Brown, but I kind of want to get your perspective on it. Well, when you say needs to step up, does that mean that somebody that people aren't expecting or you just mean in general? Uh, just maybe in general. I think who, who has to be that third guy tonight? So, of course, Brown is the team's third best player mm-hmm. at this point. So, Brown, you can say that he needs to play well, but to be honest, he's been so good for the last couple of weeks. So, I, yeah. I'm not worried about Brown. I think the answer is Seth Curry. Yeah, And you can argue for bench purposes, maybe Drogic is a sleeper choice because he's finally back from health and safety protocol, which should help out that second unit. But I think it's Curry for spacing. And the fact that, of course, we saw Cleveland and a lot of other teams start to double-team Durant pretty much every time he crosses half court. We saw him have a career-high in assists in the season finale against Indiana. Cleveland did a little bit of trapping as well. And Seth Curry's huge at stretching the floor. Mm -hmm. And if you want to allow Kyrie to get downhill and you want to allow him to get decent opportunities to finish around the rim, you're going to need to drag out some help defenders. And if Seth Curry is there stretching defenses out because he's been money from three, then I do believe that Curry's presence in the lineup is definitely going to have a great impact on the team, whether he makes shots or not. Now, the reason why he could still have an impact is kind of because of the fact that he will prevent 
Cleveland from being able to overcommit for help with the threat of leaving him sure. wide open from three. Mm-hmm. The issue, though, with Curry is the defense because you have him and Kyrie in the backcourt together, and that's a disaster on the defensive end. So the right. point is you're kind of having a trade-off, which is why I'm not sure if you can really use Seth Curry late in games or not. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. I'm not sure if that's going to pay off against, let's just say, Boston. Because we saw that end, that game on Sunday that we ended up doing the uh, live Colorcast. broadcast yeah. for. Yeah, mm-hmm. the cast for. And the entire fourth quarter was just pick and roll switching. And they were picking on Seth Curry. Yeah. So I think long term, Curry's going to be a problem in these last couple minute lineups defensively. But for this matchup, I think Curry's presence is huge because of how he can manipulate defenses just by being on the court. And are you... I think you just mentioned that they Cleveland Cleveland was double teaming Kevin Durant in their last matchup. Do you think that continues here tonight? I think they might double down on it because he's still at 36. The thing is, is that the the Cavs really ha- don't have the scoring ability to go blow for blow with Brooklyn. Right. And of course, that sounds obvious because one has Kyrie and KD, KD two, yeah. two top 75 players of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the ratings say, Kyrie's top 75. Yeah. But Cleveland has Garland, and you have 32-point bench performer Kevin Love, who had one of the greatest bench performances of all time in the season finale. I don't know how they only put up 32 points in 10 in 15 minutes, but yeah. going through the actual lineup, Levert's a ball hog, but he's got offensive talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okoro is no offensive talent at all. Marketing could shoot, and Mobley, I think, is pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how great he is in general or just because he's a rookie. There's a lot of developments he can make in his game. Yeah. Mobley revolving around his ability to exploit mismatches. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a little bit passive at times. And needs to be more aggressive. That's where we really saw Scotty Barnes take the leap was yeah. when he decided to be more aggressive on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Mobley could do that in the future. But Cleveland just doesn't have many guys. So I do feel like after KD absolutely torched them, they're going to try to really force Durant to pass the ball like Indiana did. And Indiana kept it close, but Durant had 36, as I said before, against Cleveland. Yeah. 11 for 20. He was 10 for 10 from the line, four for six from three. I'm expecting a bunch of double teams because at the end of the day, whether you think Giannis is the best player in the world or Jokic or however you want to grade it, Mm -hmm. Durant minimum, in my opinion, is top three, which I don't think is a hot take at all. Some people think he's the best player in the league. Yeah, I would personally go Giannis. I probably have Durant at two. But the point is, I do believe that Cleveland will force anybody but Durant to beat them from scoring. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that will be the defensive game plan. Try to shut, try to contain Durant and force everyone else to beat them. You? Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the similar game plan. Um, you know, it, they recently just saw um, the Brooklyn Nets. And again, KD, we know this guy can score from any point of the floor. And last game, yeah, he had 36 last just last week against them. Um and I'm kind of tying in the player props here. I know these aren't our official plays, but right now I'm seeing Kevin Durant's assists at seven and a half at plus money here tonight. Um, you know, that might be worth a look. Um, and then Seth Curry, I know he has had the lingering ankle in shoes. I don't think that he'll be on a minute's restriction here. Uh, currently seeing his three point shots at plus money as well at over two and a half. You know, after all this conversation, breaking down this game even more with you, I, I think that Kyrie Irving's points probably might be worth a look here tonight as well. I mean, it's a little high at 28 and a half, but 
if we're kind of expecting the same thing to kind of happen in the Pacers game and in the last game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think those are kind of at least from the Brooklyn side or one of the one of the player props kind of sticking out to me. Does any of those kind of make sense to you, uh, Scott? I think those definitely make sense. Kyrie threes as well, because with the doubles, oh, yeah. Kyrie's always behind the three point line. Mm-hmm. But for me, one prop I am potentially looking at is Durant's rebounds. Okay. Now, this isn't going to be one of the props I mentioned for the rest of the show, so this isn't a spoiler. Yeah. But Dr- Drummond's been very solid mm-hmm. in, I'd say, limited action. Usually plays less than 20, usually around eh, 17 minutes, give yeah. or take, first mm-hmm. quarter, third quarter, maybe a little bit of the fourth. But the point is, is that Drummond defensively has been getting exposed yeah. by smaller lineups because he can just not guard the perimeter. Now, he's not DeAndre Jordan bad at guarding the perimeter, but he's not good. Yeah. So I don't think the Nets can use him that much. I am curious how many minutes the Nets will use with Claxton or if they will give Drummond even less of a workload throughout this game because of the fact that the Nets with Brown, Edwards, and Claxton on the court at the same time, their defensive rating is remarkable for the last couple of weeks. And Edwards is another answer, by the way, for sleepers. I mentioned Seth Curry. If you want to go deep dive there, yeah. it's Kessler Edwards, because he's been great for right. the last couple of games, three and D guy, but the defense is great. And I do believe Claxton, we know, is a bit of a skinnier big man. Durant's a solid rebounder because he's still seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. The rebounding number does seem a little bit low. I know he only had five against Cleveland in the last meeting, mm-hmm. but he did have 10 in two of the last three and Durant's going to play 40-plus minutes. But if you yeah. think Drummond is on the court less often, and we know Drummond's a vacuum that just sucks in rebounds the entire time, yeah. there should be more opportunities for Durant. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, again, it's – I and I want to get into the props in a minute, but I was kind of also looking at Kevin Durant's assist and rebounds combined here for this game. Um, you know, right now I'm currently seeing at 15-and-a-half um, – for Kevin Durant and you know last game if they're going to continue doubling him he's going to get the assist and like you just mentioned right now about the rebounds right now I'm seeing it at seven and a half at minus 130 so um yeah something to keep in mind as we kind of talk about this uh, Brooklyn Nets game uh Scott give me your official prediction for this game I know you're the Nets fan uh you'll give the unbiased opinion but so what's your official prediction for tonight for tonight I I think the Nets are going to win okay I don't want to drag in personal tragedy stuff to playoff games but after the situation in brooklyn today you know thoughts mm-hmm. and prayers to everyone involved there yeah i do believe it might provide an emotional boost once again i feel kind of scummy trying to translate one or the other yeah i'm expecting some type of tribute before the game i'm expecting a pretty let's just say emotional atmosphere in general for the actual venue mm-hmm. but i think the nets are going to end up winning I think that a lot of people are going to blindly take the over with the Nets because they don't guard anybody, but it's Uh playoff basketball. I am expecting a little bit of a lower scoring game where the referees maybe let a couple more things go. Yeah. But if you're asking me what I think about the spread, I think Cleveland hangs around. Okay. You? I... My gut I can't is tell- predict the Nets blitzing a team if I haven't seen them blitz a team all season long. Yeah. For the last couple of weeks, I can't do it. Yeah, that's what's kind of holding me back and i mean i've been i mean we've been so profitable fading the brooklyn nets at home this season and i mean the record tells you that as well right they're like what four and 24 or five and four and 25 they're, they're a disaster yeah it's, yeah so 
my gut's telling me to take the Nets tonight that they just come out and just absolutely hose this team. But I'm going to use my brain instead of my heart. Yeah. And I think I, I do believe the Nets get the win for sure. I just don't see a world where, where Kyrie and KD lose here tonight. I mean, unless they have really bad shooting nights and just play absolute atrocious defense. I'm expecting expecting to see what I've seen the last couple of weeks, which is KD and Kyrie carry the team to a win, but it's ugly. Mm -hmm. It's a nerve wracking and they'll probably win by six. Yeah. I think that'll probably be the neighborhood of six or seven. I'm going to, I'm going to wait till game time. I am leaning towards the Nets right now, but uh, I do for sure think that they are going to get this done and finish up as the seventh seed and face uh, face Boston in the first round. Um, I do want your your thoughts on one potential play here. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, I know you mentioned the Nets getting off the decent starts. The first quarter, they're occasionally a little bit sluggish. Mm -hmm. And since these teams just played, and I'm sure the Cavs have a ton of motivation, not just because of the fact that, of course, they're playing for a playoff spot, but because Mm -hmm. nobody is giving them a shot to actually win this game. Mm -hmm. I like Cleveland first quarter. Okay. It would not surprise me if Cleveland just comes out and punches them in the mouth because they kind of need to. Now, I mentioned how bad Nash is in the third quarter and how Cleveland could come from behind. But when you're going into a hostile environment with Durant and KD, Mm -hmm. you cannot get down early. And Cleveland, with the actual toughness and defensive intensity that they possess – I do believe they can get off to a pretty good start against Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I think, will eventually get back into it and maybe take the game over. Mm-hmm. But to start for the first, hell, seven minutes, it would not surprise me if Cleveland comes out with a bit more intensity defensively than Brooklyn does, and they open up a lead. you have any thoughts on that? I, I feel like if this was on the road, I can see I can see it. But I, And I'm just kind of looking at it. I mean, we can't I – don't, I don't know if I can take too much – away from the past couple games that they've played uh, because it hasn't been against the greatest competition. But even against that game against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, I think a couple weeks ago, Brooklyn came out and they were up by seven in that game at, on their home floor. And I think the rest of the way at home, they've, they've put 30 plus points up and been up an average of about five to seven points. Um, but I can see a case where, yeah, Cleveland kind of catch them off guard and, and they come out making some shots and, the pressure's not on Cleveland, right? It almost feels like they have, like, they're, they're, it's pretty much like, I guess, lack of better words, a free roll for them, right? Like, everybody's expecting. Uh, no, Brooklyn. it is. That was my point. Is that yeah, the media, so, nobody's given them a chance to win? Where if yeah. Cleveland loses, are people going to roast Cleveland for, of course not. Are the fans yeah. going to be mad? No, because you lost to Katie and Kyrie on the road. And you still have another game that you're going to be able to play to get into the, um, to the playoffs as well, right? So, yeah, Cle- Cleveland's in the spot where they're the dangerous, I'd say, team with nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for this matchup. They're the St. Peter's of the bracket because nobody's given them a chance in hell to actually win this game. But right. the thing is, the Nets, I don't know how much of it internally is already focused on Boston. If it is, they got problems because you cannot overlook any opponent in this league. Yeah. I'm assuming the Nets are going to be focused for this game. No, I but, think they will be. Yeah, but Cleveland, it's going to be their Super Bowl, right? I, I mean, I'm not sure if I can say the same thing for the Nets. I- <laughs> I think it. The thing with Cleveland is that they have like if they 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 lose this game, they still have another opportunity to get in. Like if this was a a winner go home situation, I think yeah, this might be their Super Bowl where you can say okay. But they're in the back of their mind that like, okay, if we lose to this team that has Kyrie and KD on it, we still have another chance to go out against either Atlanta and Charlotte and try to be one of those teams and still get into the playoffs. So 
I'm not saying that they're going to be punting this game, but, you know, Cleveland has, you know, early on in the season, they were a team that we were backing in. And, you know, despite all the injuries, they, they've played well. They're in this position. Um, so, yeah, like you're, you're I, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and played well in the, in the first quarter um, and they maybe find a live line on Brooklyn. Maybe it gets within two possessions or the line gets down to minus four, minus five for the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Um, I'm, I'm just saying with the nerves involved, because, of yeah. course, the Cavs team, they have Kevin Love. That's and Rondo, who mm-hmm. I forgot was on the team until he was playing in the season finale against Milwaukee. Yeah. But they really don't have much playoff experience. So I do think that the nerves would probably get to them more than it would get to Brooklyn. But I think it would get to them later on in the game where I do believe that Cleveland in their own minds might prioritize getting off to a hot start because of the nerves and the fact that they might view an early deficit as insurmountable because they've never been in this position before. Yeah, and, and kind of look at their starting lineup, Markinen, Akuro, Mobley, Garland, Levert. I'm pretty sure all those guys, this is like their first playoff atmosphere game. Oh, that was uh, my point. They, yeah. they don't have much experience yeah. there. So they could yeah. come out young and free, yeah. you know, just take it to them early and then potentially get worn down and they're going to fall apart late. But I don't know. I, I think Cleveland might keep it a game for at least a quarter and then maybe the Nets open up a lead to enter half. But I think Cleveland's going to keep this game a lot closer throughout than people think. All right. Aren't you holding a ticket to, for Cleveland to miss the playoffs? Or I'm holding a ticket on Cleveland and Brooklyn to miss the playoffs. Oh, so okay. No what, I, it's a double whammy. The second game anyway. Which one's the bigger payoff? Of course, for payout? bias, I'm not, not even as a Nets fan, I'm rooting for the Nets tonight because I have a much better chance of Cleveland missing the playoffs than Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Obviously, I'm guessing the, the, Bro- anyway. the Brooklyn ticket's a bigger payout. Uh, it was actually somewhat close. Brooklyn was in the six to seven hundred range. Okay. Cleveland was still plus five sixty. Oh, okay. So I got some really good prices there, but yeah. Cleveland with the inexperience, I think, is more likely to miss the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm rooting for Brooklyn, even from a better's perspective tonight. All right. Well, there we go. Um, let's do this, Scott. Let's uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll briefly touch on the second game, and then we'll get into our player props. Uh, for this play-in tournament on Tuesday. So we'll be right back and we'll hear from our sponsors. Looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun? In the palm of your hand, look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. For sports bettors, WinBet win hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Make sure to get down on the WinBet's $10 to win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies for you up to $200 in free bets. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer substance change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. In honor of the Masters, we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn slash masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second and enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. 
Do you ever feel like you're always on work, friends, family, and manual? million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and that's why you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer that's out there literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold filtered and cold package. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So all you gotta do is head over to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart. And remember to always res celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually doesn't protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prowling eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P. All right, coming off of the break, Scott, uh, I briefly want to touch on the second game of the night, the Clippers and Minnesota. And I think you and I were both scratching our heads at the line in this game. Uh, Minnesota is favored by three. Uh, quickly want to get your thoughts on I know which side you're already on, but do you have any argument on why Minnesota should be favored here? The argument I would have is that the Timberwolves are great at home. And the fact is that you might be looking at the fact the Clippers have also been atrocious on the road. Okay. Do I think any of that matters? No, because it's a playoff atmosphere and Paul George is playing. Not to mention that you still have Norman Powell, even Covington missed some games. He's back. Of course you have no Kawhi, mm -hmm. but I took the Clippers yeah. as my YouTube play last night because I really don't know how you avoid taking the Clippers. Plus three and a half. I, ju I just have to. Yeah. But there's a cup. There's just a lot of red flags with Minnesota recently. You have the awful defense for the last couple of weeks. They're just handing out 120 every single game. Yeah. You have the seventh youngest roster in the league mm -hmm. with virtually no playoff experience. Now, Beverly's been in a lot of playoff games. Towns was in five playoff games. They got their ass kicked by Houston, but they won a game. That's the only time he's ever been in the playoffs. I'm trying to think if D'Angelo Russell made it with the Nets, but that's basically it. I don't think he made it with the Lakers ever in his career. 
I don't, think, I don't so. think he did. No. So he also has barely an experience either. Mm-hmm. They just don't have many guys that are have been there before, kind of like Cleveland. And you're facing off against the Clippers team, which is suddenly healthy. A Ty Lue coach who's been remarkable this year and is one of the most underrated coaches in the league. I think Finch is great too. I'm happy for him. Good for, good for him getting the extension. But you have a team that's extremely young that has not been in this situation against a veteran team that's healthy. And the Clippers have won the regular season series 3-1, and the only loss Paul George didn't play in. So Paul George is 3-0 against the Timberwolves this season. Yeah. The issue I have is that Minnesota defensively is not very good. And I'm looking at the Clippers bench, and I'm looking at Minnesota's bench. I don't think they're very close. I think the Clippers are light years ahead bench-wise. Mm-hmm. And unless Towns goes nuts, or even if Edwards goes for 30-something, but I'm assuming Paul George is going to guard him for a decent portion of this game. Yeah. I don't think Minnesota has enough scoring depth to overcome their awful defense in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, this Yeah, this was, a, again, a head-scratcher for me and everything that you pretty much just said, especially what they've been doing on the defensive side of the basketball. Um, they've the, lost the, six of their last ten. Like they, The Clippers and the Timberwolves, you could argue about motivation. The Clippers yeah. had nothing to play for because they were the eighth seed for the last couple of weeks. That was kind of a done deal. They still won five in a row. Minnesota mm-hmm. was competing with Denver for the sixth spot to get out of the play-in. So Minnesota had more motivation down the stretch than the Clippers did. They beat Denver in the head-to-head. You know, they beat San Antonio, whatever. They went four and six in their last ten. So yeah. they've already had meaningful games for the last couple of weeks, and they still weren't playing well. I think that's a serious red flag. Yeah. I also think that this is a huge coaching mismatch as well in this game. Ty Lu versus Chris Finch. Um, you know, Ty Finch, Lue, I, don't, I don't know enough about Finch, but Lou is a mismatch against like 90% of the coaches yeah. in the league. And again, they have the playoff experience, right? The Clippers, like with Paul George being back up, the obviously that's a big boost having one of your be- two best players back. Um, and the pure depth on this team for the Clippers is just crazy at the mm-hmm. amount of names that are on this team. But yeah, I think we're both fully expecting the Clippers to take care of business here tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't want to ask you about one series yeah. price, though. Go ahead. It was official news that broke about 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Luca, Luca got the MRI. Yeah. It is confirmed he has a calf strain. Yeah. There is, quote, no timetable for his return, end quote. Utah to win the series now is about minus 180. Probably going to be closing at around 200, maybe even higher. Does Dallas have a shot to tread water until Luka comes back? Because Luka might play through injury. I'm not sure how well. I know both of us and Terrell despise this Utah team. Yeah. And Utah would be the type of team that would find a way to blow this Mm -hmm. because they did lose to the Clippers with no Kawhi Leonard last year. Yeah. And they were up in game six by 20-something, and they blew it, but – do you think Dallas can hang around? Let's just say Doncic misses games one and two. Let's okay. meet in the middle. He'll miss some games, not the entire series, not the majority of it. Do you think Dallas can overcome potentially losing the first two games at home with no Luka? Yeah, I think so. I think that, number one, this Dallas Mavericks team has made significant strides on the defensive end of the basketball uh, compared to last year, got to give a lot of credit to Jason Kidd. I think that's where he's going to start for them. But I think now this is going to be the moment where Spencer Didwitty and the trade that they made for KP is is time for them to cash it in. If Luca is going to miss games, he's probably 
he's still going to be lingered by the injury, but this yeah. is the now the spot where Spencer Didwitty and Jalen Brunson, I think those two guys can at least try to compensate what they're going to be missing from Luca if he does miss games, if that makes sense, right? And I think that Utah, there's, and I've said this all season long, there's just something not right with this team. You know, we talked about the friction between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And at, pretty much after that, there's not much there, Scott. I, I, Bogdanovich has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, he's probably injured. A, after well, that, Clarkson's you, a chuck, but he's one of the best sixth men in the, in the league. Yeah, but I mean, I just feel like, you know, for the Dallas Mavericks, the system that Jason Kidd has put in has been working for them. And, you know, they have shooters around Luca and Jalen Brunson where, you know, if they get hot from three point line, I think they did that over the past two years against the Clippers, even though they lost a series, I think against Utah, even if they're able to get the, a split in the first two games and Luca comes back for game three in Utah, I still give Dallas a chance here to win this series. I still think that they can win this series. If Luca even misses, Let's just say the first three games. I still give Dallas a chance here. Now, for me, when I'm talking about second two games trying to be fair when it comes to projecting his injury, mm-hmm. if Dallas loses game one, I expect Luka to play in game two. Okay. Whether he should or not, it's a separate story. Yeah. But I do believe that the premise of falling down 2-0, losing both games at home, will be too much to sit Luca for game three or game or honest or even game two, because you just can't afford that to happen. So we're going to wait and see Utah. If the, if NBA games were three quarters instead of four quarters, Mm -hmm. they would be a top three team in the West because they were just so bad in the fourth quarter, especially against good teams. I, I think my play in this series early on might be Utah first half. Okay. You just hope that Dallas struggles early on adjusting to life without Luca mm-hmm. because of how just how heliocentric the offense is. I mean, his usage rate is through the charts. He's having the ball in his hands every single possession. And Dallas played without him a couple of times this season. Not terribly, I might add. They were actually okay. Most of that was with Porzingis, though. They haven't really yeah. had to deal with Doncic being out without Porzingis. So they're going to see a lot more Dimwitty, a lot more Brunson, as you said. That's where I would gravitate towards in player props. Okay. I look for Dinwiddie mostly maybe for assists. Yeah. But Utah, besides Mitchell, and we mentioned Bogdanovich who's injured, and Clarkson who is streaky, especially with the, let's just say, questionable shot selection, being pretty generous there. I still don't like Conley. I still don't like Royce O'Neal, and I still don't like the bench. Yeah. I, I like kind I, of the story. There, yeah, there's not much there after them. I mean, are you really going to trust Conley after – Donovan Mitchell on the offensive side, throwing Jordan Clarkson there as well. But I don't know. I just don't see it for Utah right now. And I've been down on them all year. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I, I'm hoping Luca is out there at least for, you know, by game two or game three, because um, he's absolutely a monster, a monster in the playoffs. Um, the, the move the- is obviously, mm-hmm. of course, do not take Dallas now. Try yeah. to find Dallas mid series, depending on when Luca comes back. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how I would look at it. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm laying 180 with, with Utah mm-hmm. because I hate that team with a passion. And Utah <laughs> would find a way to blow the series anyway. Yeah. I'll spend my money elsewhere, but if you want to look for a dog to win a series, I'm not taking Dallas with Luka missing X amount of games. Mm-hmm. I'd look for an in-play, when I act, an in-series play when I know when Luka's coming back. My favorite dog is still Toronto. I'm just yeah. going to say it. I think, I think it's consensus. Yeah. 
because yeah, me and Terrell are on Toronto as well um, to win that series. But um, yeah, right, let's put a bow on that, Scott. Let's uh, take a quick break here, and then we will jump into the player props here for this NBA play-in tournament tonight. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and build and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry, the app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your breast strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play race win we're also brought to you by prop swap where america market where america buys and sells sports bets it's masters week and if you haven't used prop swap to go for the green then you are missing out prop swap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers and then you sell your bets whenever you want many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling their golfers all tournament long this allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever touching the green jacket. So go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot ticket sales, a loyalty reward program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, let's dive into these player props. Uh, we're going to give you two player props each. Uh, these are going to be our best bets, uh, so we won't have a segment of best bets. The all, all four that we are giving out or the four combined between us are going to be our best bets for tonight. So, Scott, I'm going to uh, kick it to you first, my man. Uh, first player prop for tonight, what do you got? So for this one, as a Nets fan, this is going to make me sound like a traitor, but I'm looking <laughs> at Kevin Durant turnovers, and okay. I like the over three and a half. Okay. At minus 105. He's had at least four turnovers in five of the last six games. He's been double teamed all the time. And I've seen Durant make some really careless passes. And the Nets as a team have been really turnover prone for the last couple of weeks. They 20 plus against Indiana. They turn the ball over at Will and Durant's going to be playing 40 plus minutes. He's played at least 41 minutes in five of the last six games. Mm-hmm. When you've had at least four in five of the last six, You had five against Cleveland last week, and your number's three and a half at minus 105. It goes back to the ball being in his hands the entire time, and even though Durant had a bunch of assists against Indiana, I'm sure you've watched the Nets play a decent amount. Durant is extremely careless with the ball. Mm -hmm. Three and a half against a good defensive team is too low. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I think the key right there is that, um, number one, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes here tonight, especially in a, a play-in tournament game. So expect him to be out there, what, 38, 40 minutes, you think? And then, 38 would be low. I'm expecting at least 40. 41, unless they blow it open. Okay. And then the fact that you just said that he's going to be getting double-teamed, so there might be you know passes that he throws into the stands or goes out of bounds or uh, 
Cleveland gets deflections on it, or they're able to steal it. So I think that potential there, and again, the numbers are backing it up as well. So um, I guess good luck on this one, maybe. I mean, <laughs> m- minus 105 just sounds way too low for a guy who's done a five of six. Now, yeah. most people are going to say, well, it's playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. Durant's going to do this. He's going to do this. He very well could. And don't get me yeah. wrong. It's not like the Nets automatically lose if Durant turns the ball over six times. No. But I am just saying, when you drop 36 mm-hmm. against the team last week, they are probably going to do whatever they can to force you to get the ball out of your hands. And if you're yeah. going to be making some questionable passes across court, trying to find an open shooter, you might be a little bit high on a couple of those passes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I mean, you're like, you watch the Nets games, you, you've seen what he's been able or, or what he has been doing at least from a turnover perspective. Again, the game plan, if they do come out and double team him, I can easily see him getting at least, four to five turnovers here tonight uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, For my first player problem, I'm going to go over to what's kind of been cashing for me over the past several weeks, or at least a guy that I've been betting on in the, on this Brooklyn side. And it's, it's Andre Drummond. And, And, you know, we talked about it earlier. Now, the one part that does make me nervous is that he may not get, enough playing time uh, for him to get over 11 and a half rebounds. That's my player prop here, but Look, he's been dominating on the boards for the Nets and all throughout his career. There's no doubt about that. And he's gone over this projection to five out of the last eight games, including two straight games um, for the Nets. And in a prior match of this season against the Cavs, he had uh, 12 rebounds in 24 minutes. So that's kind of going to be the key for me here tonight. That is Drummond going to play at least 24 to 26 minutes here tonight. And now, over the last six career games versus the Cavs, Drummond has gone over this projection in five of those, including three games where he had 20-plus rebounds. The Cavs are allowing opposing centers, and I think this was what really gravitated toward me towards Drummond here tonight, is that they're giving up 17.2 rebounds per game over the last seven days to that center position. And I think it's going to be important for at least Drummond to really limit the second-chance opportunities for Cavs offense. And they do like to chunk up a lot of threes and from, from marketing from Darius Garland, Kevin Love. So I, I, I'm going to back him here. I'm a little nervous about this one. I think the minutes might maybe what trip it up, but I'm going to take a shot at it here. Uh, I'll take Drummond to get at least 12 boards here tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. I didn't want to fully scare you off of it when we were going through the breakdown, but you meant you're mentioning the minutes. Yeah. I'm expecting Drummond to play about 18. If okay. I had to guess, I'm expecting a lot more Claxton. Okay. Just because that seems to be their best lineup. Mm-hmm. Drummond's very good in the first half because he can help wear down the opposition physically. Mm-hmm. But the Nets defensively are really night and day with Claxton on the court compared to Drummond. So if you want to potentially pivot from Drummond, yeah. I don't mind Claxton rebounds. If you want to maybe make a shot, take a shot there. Yeah. Claxton, Claxton to play more minutes than Drummond tonight. Yeah. Claxton's at six and a half rebounds here for tonight uh, at minus 135. Um, so yeah, I may pivot to that, but, um, Drummond's still a great rebounder, but I do, I I do want to ask you though, do you think the Nets are a better team with Claxton or Drummond on the court? Claxton. So I personally think that even though Steve Nash is a coach, we both don't like, Mm -hmm. I do think he will give Claxton more minutes than Drummond tonight. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll just get down on both, but, um, let me see here. At least they should. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I hope yeah. they don't see you win your bet, but yeah, they really should let Claxton play more minutes than Drummond. Yeah, and Claxton obviously is a better option off um, on offensive side as well. So um, I'll dig into that more a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't hate the Claxton angle as well. And that's why I like having you on, especially for these Nets ones, because 
you know, you know, the rotation and things like that. And, and, you know, works, what works well for the stats team. Um, let's get to your next one, Scott. What do you got? So I'm going to go to the other game mm-hmm. in the Clippers and Timberwolves matchup. And I'm going with a guy who is really good at running around out there. Taking okay. Patrick Beverly. I'm right. taking him under 10 and a half points at minus 130. Uh, simply put, this number's way too high. Yeah. He scored less than 11 points in each of the last nine games. Not to mention the fact he's been battling a bit of an injury recently. He did play against Chicago, kind of. He got ejected, but he still played. Yeah. But he has not been scoring the ball at all. We know he's not an offensive player. He's not meant to shoot the ball more than, hell, seven times in a game, six times in a game. He's there mm-hmm. only for defense and for swagger, I guess. Is that, is that the way I can describe him? But yeah. he's played against the Clippers four times this season. He scored less than 11 in three of those meetings. The one time he went over, he had exactly 11. Mm-hmm. Ten and a half is way too high for Beverly. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I love it, man. Love the handicap there. Um, I think, obviously, he'll be more out there for defensive purposes, trying to slow down. Uh, he's not going to be on Paul Drew, that's for sure. Maybe a Reggie Jackson he's probably going to be on, something like that type of That player. would be my guess. Yeah. Um, but, again, yeah, the focus is not going to be on offense. I'd be very surprised if I see him get up more than – five, six shots here tonight. I know he likes to take those three-point shots when he's open. Um, but, I, yeah, I think the, the offensive game plan obviously going to be the big three for them, the Cat, um, Ant, and uh, D'Lo for them. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate that play. Um, for my next one, I, I kind of have two here. I kind of want to discuss the second one with you first. But the official second one is going to be another rebounding problem. I'm checking Zubach over seven and a half boards here tonight. I'll probably buy this up to eight. Because uh, it is at minus 155 right now. So maybe you don't want to pay that much juice. But again, just like the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Wolves defense against that center position has just been really bad this season. They're giving up 21.6 rebounds to that center position over the last two weeks of the season. Three games this season against the Wolves. Zubach is averaging close to 11 rebounds per game. He did have two games where he was in double digit rebounding for the Clippers. And he's had eight or more rebounds in five of the last six games, including four straight games where he's at 10 or more rebounds for the Clippers. So um, 11 or more. Uh, okay. 11 or more. There you go. That's even better than so asking him to get at what eight or nine here for me is not going to be too much of a tall order, especially when he's, you know, been hovering around getting in double digit rebounds over the past several games. So I'll take the over seven and a half rebounds for Zubac here uh, against the uh, T-Wolves here tonight. Now, the one part that does concern me is if Cat is absolutely torching him, is he going to be sitting on the bench um, for who Hartenstein? Like he's going to do better defensively. Yeah. So, and that was my, that was what I was thinking, right? Like Zubac is going to have to be out there. So I think, you know, I think he should at least be able to get the rebounds here tonight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's dominated on the glass against Minnesota, even during the recent stretch where the Clippers were using their bench guys, but their bench guys still killed everybody because they're the Clippers. Uh, but Zubac was putting up 11 plus rebounds in four straight with while playing less than 26 minutes in each of those games. So even with the lack of playing time where he's not playing 30 plus whatever, he still puts up a lot of rebounds and Minnesota is not good against the glass town spends a lot of time as a center at the three point line and from distance. So I do expect Zubak to be in the paint a lot for pick and roll switches, everything like that, where he might end up being kind of uncontested for a lot of rebounds here, Yeah, but he's dominated on the glass against Minnesota. He's been very good lately on the glass. I like to play as well. Uh, one more guy I quickly want to ask you about Reggie Jackson. Uh, currently seeing his at 17 and a half. I know the number is right at around 18.8. He's been averaging in four games against the T Wolves, but 
Um, if they're paying attention to Paul George, do you think that's a type of player that might be freed up and get some points for um, for the Clippers or do you think it might be somebody else? See, I don't know because I don't think that that really suits Reggie Jackson's game because Paul George can play a little bit off ball, but he's mostly an on-ball guy Yeah, offensively. Is Reggie Jackson the kind of guy sprinting around screens? No. So do I think Jackson's going to be a guy who's going to really help out running around the three-point line and trying to help space the floor? I really don't. I think he's going to do a lot of standing around. Now, he might still get open because they might still be looking at Paul George and bring extra help. But if I'm going to be taking spot-up shooters, which is what Reggie Jackson might be relegated to with Paul George being in the lineup, not to mention the fact that Norman Powell takes a bunch of shots as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like Reggie Jackson will probably get hurt the most because of the returns of all the injured players. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Um, and, so I'm going to stay away personally, but it's mostly because I'm expecting Paul George and Powell to take a lot of shots that Reggie Jackson would have gotten otherwise. Yeah, and I think that's the the, the best of wild card for this Clippers team is because they have so many options on guys that can like make shots, especially with having Norman Powell back in the lineup as well. I, I think that might kind of take away from you know shots from guys like Reggie Jackson as well. So I just want to kind of throw that so out damn, there. This team yeah. is so damn. It's good so deep and it's bench. yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's, I just imagine what if Kawhi Leonard was healthy and playing like this team is legitimate uh, has a chance to get to the championship. Um, if they did have Kawhi Leonard, but, I, I do want to ask you a question though, because I know yeah. both of us are going to pick the Clippers and I'm not going to automatically assume we're right. I do like their chances tonight. Mm-hmm. Assuming Kawhi does not play. Okay. You picking the Clippers or you picking Memphis? I, I think, I think it's going seven. I think it's a war. Yeah. I go Clippers. Do I think they can win on the road in Memphis in a game seven? I think they can. I really like Memphis, but it goes back to the inexperience angle. Yeah. It's one thing to dominate the regular season. It's another thing to fully adjust to playoff basketball. Mm -hmm. And I said about it with, I said it with the Nets. I don't want to focus on that because I want to focus on beating the Cavaliers. Yeah. The Clippers aren't my team. So I'll gladly look ahead to the first round series because, you know, I don't care. Yeah. But. I think the Clippers are very live in that series. I don't know what the th- price would be, but I think they got a shot. There, I, I think if you kind of take a look at it from both both conferences, if you had to pick one team that was probably the most dangerous, that is going to get in, assuming that they do get in as a play-in tournament team, it probably has to be the Clippers, right? I think they're two of the best seven seeds of all time, and that's not even close. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between, so, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn and, yeah, Clippers, assuming that they do win tonight. Yeah, 100% I agree well, Even if that. they don't, and let's just say that they end up losing this game and making the playoffs. They mm-hmm. Each of those teams win one of the next two games. Yeah. You think a one seed's happy to face Brooklyn or Los Angeles? Definitely no. not. No. Yeah. I'm no. sure Phoenix definitely does not want to face Los Angeles. I think yeah. Phoenix would win, but I think mm-hmm. it would be a war. I think so, too. I, I would... Just on the part that you said, the ignorant experience part for Memphis, I mean, they've been a juggernaut this entire season. I mean, they've been a cash cow. They've been so great without John Morant, but the I think the playoffs are a completely different animal. animal. And the Clippers have that experience, right, of, of being – The entire in, team has that experience. Yeah, and that's what kind of I look towards when I'm you know looking at these serious prices and game-by-game and game basis, but – um, yeah, it, gun to my head, I would pick probably the Clippers in six or seven to get it done against Memphis, but I think that's a conversation we're going to revisit. I want to see what those odds are 
entering the series. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting one. I would take the Clippers plus one and a half games. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, that will do it for the prop cast. Uh, we mixed it up a lot. We talked about the games, but I think it was more specific on player uh, matchups. That it kind of gives you guys a more an idea on if you're looking at other player props other than the guys that we discussed. So it's always great to break down games and kind of get that player uh, perspective as well. That kind of translates for props, but. Uh, Scott, good luck to your Nets here tonight. Uh, I hope they take care of business for your sake. Um, anything else you kind of want to get off your chest before we get out of here, man? Uh, not really. Just looking forward to some good games tonight. Uh, yep. Hopefully the playoffs will live up to the expectations because if you're looking at some early playoff matchups, these might be the best overall first-round matchups we've ever had. I think so, Like too. These are yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially the Eastern Conference. The Eastern yeah. Conference is a is a is a bloodbath waiting to happen. But yeah, I, it's, I'm expecting it to be a lot of fun. We'll see how the game's officiated. That's going to be one of my takeaways. I am kind of expecting, I'd say, less whistles, at least hopefully, because it, it it gets painful at times in today's NBA with the amount of fouls you get. But I'm expecting a lot of fun. Hopefully, we make a lot of money, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, we do have Scott Foster and Ed Malloy on the Clippers and T-Wolves game here tonight. So take well, that. Luckily, for- Chris Paul does not play for the Clippers. Anyway, yeah. So they got a shot. So, <laughs> yeah. Take that for what it's worth. Um, yeah. So that's going to do it for the prop cast today. Uh, enjoy the games here tonight, guys. We will be back tomorrow for the NBA gambling podcast with myself and Terrell. We will break down and recap um, the games here that happened on Tuesday night. Um, we do have a bracket challenge playoff bracket challenge happening for the NBA gambling podcast. It's $500 for first place. Uh, just make sure to follow, um, the NBA gambling podcast, Twitter account at SGPN NBA, uh, the tweet and all the information that's there. And if you have the app, the SGPN app, just go to the contest tab. You'll see there it there. It's real simple. You just got to follow some pages for us and you'll get redirected right into that playoff bracket challenge. Again, first place gets $500. Uh, with that being said, good luck with your bets here tonight. We'll be back throughout the week doing everything and putting out content for the NBA playoffs and these play in tournament games. Um, enjoy the games. We will be back. Like I said, let's break these books off and let it ride.